Hello, and welcome back to the third installment of Core of Score. I'm your host, Javon Kwaku, and oh my god, that is loud. I am so excited to bring to you today um, a lot of music from black characters, or, or from black characters in video games. So I, I thought, oh, it's February, it's Black History Month, I've been black all my life. I should probably uh, at least lend my hand, share a piece of of what I can, what I can bring to the table uh, during this month. And so you'll be listening to a lot of um, black character themes. Um, I was trying to, um, I was researching a lot, trying to find some black composers that are, are working in video games, and there doesn't really seem to be any, or at least... It's very, very minimal. There's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, people working in the, in the industry who are black. And, um, and that really surprised me, actually. I, I figured there'd be at least a couple um, kind of well-known ones. But nevertheless, um, that isn't a problem. Uh, because of that, actually, I've, I've skipped out on the composer corner for this week's episode. And we're just going to have way more music so that's that's really a win-win for everybody i don't know if if you guys are here specifically for the music to, to hear the, um, who's the the composer of that day but if you're here for music this is the one for you let me tell you that much so so uh what you just listened to what i just um the intro was talking with the new member a uh, black version from wonderful 101 by akira takizawa and so, yeah, so that's the, when, when you first get introduced to Wonder Black, that is what plays. I mean, he's, he's a gamer. And so, I mean, that, that kind of had a lot of, like, eight elements to it. So, um, so now we're going to go onwards to our bit bites. And today we got two really interesting characters. Um, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII, you know, the loyal companion and a compadre to our main man, Cloud. And uh, we also have Dudley, who is from Street Fighter, and he is a, like, a black butler, like, gentleman. He kind of reminds me of um, of that that butler from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, they just give me, like, the same kind of vibes. Like, he hates, he hates, cleans- um, like, filthiness, and, like, he doesn't like, like, Blanca, and, like, all the um, the fighters that are very 
like primal in a, in a sense. He's a very cultured fella. And so I will start you off by playing uh, Barrett's Theme by Nobuo Uematsu from Final Fantasy VII.
So those were the bit bites for this week. Once again, uh, you are listening to WPPM 106.5 FM. And the songs that you just listened to were um, Barrett's Theme by Noboru Uematsu from Final Fantasy VII, as well as Leave Alone, UK House Mix, London, Dudley Stage by Hideki Okugawa from Street Fighter Three Second Impact. So after the break, we're going to go into our scorecard, and we have Remember Me, which is an, I think it was a 2015 game that pretty much nobody played, but um, but it was really it was a really interesting and uh, fun looking game, and Dendara, which is a recent release, I believe. I think it's 2019 release. It's a Metroidvania uh, indie game. And so those will be some interesting soundtracks to cover. Um, but first, I have for you Muck Warfare by the fictional band Off the Hook. Uh, by, but like uh, the actual person who, um, who wrote it or who composed it is Toru Minageshi. And this is from Splatoon 2.
That was Muck Warfare by Off the Hook or Toru Minigeshi off of Splatoon 2. Now, it is so cold in the studio. I don't know what is going on. I had to like, I just had to rush out and like get, grab a coat or something. I wish I had like a blanket. I wish I could get comfy. But I hope, I hope you all are getting comfy and real nice because uh, we still got a whole lot of good music left in the store. So we are going to start with Remember Me, and uh, I'm going to play you Nilin, the Memory Hunter. Uh, Nilin's the main character of this game, and also a black character. <laughs> so um, I don't think I'm going to have to stress that, like, really ever in this um, in this show, as it's just about black characters. So pretty much every single song, for one reason or another is played because um, of a black character. But um, but this, this song is called Nilin' the Memory Hunter by Olivier de Riviere off of Remember Me.
So that was Nilin the Memory Hunter by Olivier de Rivière off of Remember Me. Um, so Remember Me is set in a futuristic France and more specifically set in a futuristic Paris. And the music um, that Olivier made was inspired mostly from Blade Runner and like Marathon Man and how they had a lot of roots in 19th century music. So because those movies were about like a futuristic setting, seeing what that could look like, he he gained a lot of insight um, that he could put towards his music. So Derivière used a symphonic orchestra to create all the music for this game. But he also did something really interesting, which was all like all the synth sounds or synth life sounds that um, that you hear in the soundtrack or you hear in the songs are all from the orchestra themselves, which he digitized and then kind of created a synth like feel to them. So everything is composed like they're like there's no MIDI, there's no synths. Everything is from an actual orchestra and then altered to create that kind of sound. And the music here is what what Derivier set out to do was to make the music a reflection of the character, of the character Nilin herself, more so than the environment around her. And so with her inter- internal struggle to, uh, to regain her memories and to, to fight back uh, like against the people who have been keeping it from her, the people who have been using her. And so with that, um, Derivière uses a lot of like techno elements um, and mixes that. He layers that with the classically composed um, like music to create a kind of fragmented self. It, it's like if, if you had a whole techno piece or you had a whole um, like like symphonic orchestration, then you have a more cohesive piece, um, just in the sense that like all the instruments uh, make sense working together. And it's like one genre um, that can be like easily identifiable. But what he did was kind of mix the two together to create some kind of, um, to create the emotion that like Nolan is feeling or like how she's feeling uh, with the kind of disconnected music. Um, so I will play you another song off the album called Neo Paris, which is also by Olivier de Riviere. And tell me what you think. <laughs>
So that was Neo Paris by Olivier de Riviere off of Remember Me. I think that this soundtrack is like the perfect replacement for that 24-7 lo-fi anime girl music live stream. And <laughs> and you can pretty much just like play this whenever you need, like the whole soundtrack, whenever you need to just do something, do any work, just play it in the house for background music or really anything of the like. So so it's really, really nice um, soundtrack by Olivier de Riviere. And um, next we're going to um, take a listen to Dandara soundtrack by Tamaz Kaufman. Now I'm going to play you Dandara's Purpose. Dandara is the name of the main character. Um, and yeah, so tell me what you think. Tell me what you like about it. Enjoy.
That was Dendara's Purpose by Tomas Kaufman off of Dendara. So this game is about a girl named Dendara, and she has to pretty much save this world that's on the brink of collapse and uh, kind of free it and maintain balance and order. And so, I mean, first first thought that comes to my mind is like, you know, like the Avatar but um, but the game is is really interesting, and it's really like the the art is really cool. But it's a Metroidvania, but kind of operates kind of like a um, a puzzle platformer, and it really reminds me of I don't I don't know how exactly to say this na- the game's name. It's like V V V V V V V, the one where you like swap uh, like the gravity the gravity swaps back and forth, and so you solve puzzles that way. But it also reminds me of Celeste in a lot of the way, in a lot of ways, especially in the art direction. But the the music here is very atmospheric, and it's in the lieu of a lot of other Metroidvanias, actually, because a lot of Metroidvanias tried to give life to the world, tried to um, kind of kind of personify the world in a sense, where it's like a living, breathing thing. And so the music tries to capture that a lot of the times, especially like uh, a lot of the Metroid soundtracks. Hollow Knight I played before um, on my first episode. Like a lot of the sounds, it's very atmospheric. It's very environmental. And so this is a lot of the same as well. There's um, there's a lot of rests between notes, especially in the like in the melodies and stuff where the chords are kind of moving us along for the most part, which creates that kind of atmospheric vibe. And the main instruments that are used are like synths, pianos, and other woodwinds or like uh, instruments of that variety. And so that also creates kind of a a dreamscape, um, kind of, yeah, atmosphere, for like the lack of a better better word a better term and so i will play you another song by tamaz tamaz kaufman called lingering question which is also on the dandara album
So once again, very atmospheric, very just a really nice uh, soundtrack to listen to for any occasion as well. So like both of these actually, both of these soundtracks are um, like Dandara's and Remember Me's are a lot, a lot similar in a lot of regards. But Remember Me's definitely has a lot of a lot going on in terms of motifs and theming. Um, that Dandara is uh, kind of restricted by the the genre of the game. So it's great, great stuff, great work by Tomas Kaufman for Dandara. Uh, before we get on to the next segment, uh, this week's tag, I will be playing you Mirror B Battle by Sukasa Tawada off of Pokemon XD. And now, once again, you are listening to Core of Score on WPPM 106.5. And I will see you in a second. Welcome back to Core of Score. We are about to start this week's tag. So, this week in tech, anime, and gaming, Sakurai admits that there are too many Fire Emblem characters in Smash. Now, the developer of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Masahiro Sakurai, in his bi-weekly column with Famitsu, has admitted to the fact that there are way too many Fire Emblem characters in the game. And... He also stated the fact that um, Nintendo is actually behind most of the. Apologize for that. For most of the DLC choices, so Sakurai doesn't necessarily just pick his favorite characters. Um, this, I'm assuming, like a board or somebody or some people at Nintendo who are deciding this for, for whatever reason. I'm assuming it's a lot easier to get, like the license to characters as well as plan for um for the future for nintendo because there's the super smash brothers ultimate 
is not only it, it's it's a it's a collection of some of the greatest characters in gaming, and so Nintendo wants to kind of advertise its own characters that are kind of pillars. Because like Fire Emblem Three Houses was one of the biggest games of last year, and so I guess they wanted a little bit more representation um, in that fact. But Byleth is the most recent addition to this game, and Sakurai also acknowledged that there are a lot of sword characters in this game. So what he tried to do with, um, with Byleth was at least try to make him a little bit more unique. Sakurai tries to make all the sword characters at least have one little thing or um, like one mechanic that they have specific to themselves so that they can di differentiate themselves from the rest of the cast. So for like Shulk, it's his Monado. For, for Cloud, it's his, um, his Limit. And for a button like Corrin, Corrin has a lot of different tools that are very different than the other sword characters. And so that's what he wanted to do with Bylef. And so he gave him, him and her, or gave them the, the three other weapons of the other main characters of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And so as a result, I think he's a pretty interesting character. Um, I wanted him to be my co-main or my secondary and I think eventually I'll probably push and try to make it uh, make it so as potentially um, he can cover some of my matchups that are pretty pretty weak right now so the ps5 website is live in addition to the PS5 website going on or going live, the CFO of Sony, Hiroki Totoki, has stated that they are not yet revealing the price of the console as they are preserving a balancing act to compete with Microsoft and the Xbox Series X. Now, Sony seems to be waiting for the guys over at Xbox to make their move first so they can perhaps undercut them or at least steal the spotlight in, in terms of like advertising because Sony has made a huge mistake in the past where they revealed the PS3 to be $500 at launch for the 20 gigabyte model and $600 for the 60 gigabyte model all the way back in 2006. And so this may still be a little like hurting them in a in a bit because um because as like the tech in all the consoles just builds up and builds up uh, they'll get way more expensive than modern consumers are gonna try to to pay for, and so even with uh, the Xbox One and the PS4, they they sold at $400 initially, and so keeping like ramping it up and up is gonna be really difficult for them to do or to continue doing. A Wonderful Kickstarter. The Wonderful 101 is an exceptional game made by the folks over at Platinum Games. Not many have played it solely due to the fact that the Wii U was the console that it was exclusively on. Now I'm a proud owner of the Wii U, but frankly it sold the lowest out of any console in the past two decades, which is crazy to think. But regardless, Platinum Games and their director, Hideki Kamiya, have created a Kickstarter campaign in hopes to crowdfund a multi-platform release on Switch, Steam, and PS4. 
Now the campaign for the new remaster already reached and surpassed Platinum's initial goal of 50k to get on the Switch and raised 1 million dollars in the first 24 hours. Now new stretch goals have been added for a time attack speedrunning game mode as well as a new side-scrolling adventure for one of the main characters and a remix soundtrack will be added to the game. Now, backers also have a lot to gain from this as they get a they can get from a physical edition of the game to a leather wonder red jacket to even getting blocked by Hideki Kamiya himself, which is a which is a kind of a meme that uh, that he kind of reinforces. And I guess if you if you really want this to happen to you, if you can be one of the special few who gets blocked by Kabia, then uh, then this is definitely a Kickstarter to uh, to start promoting. But aside from this, Platinum Games has also launched a like its own website that has just a four and four different stars placed around it, and one of those stars is like the wonderful 101 Kickstarter. So I can only assume that the other three stars are going to be some really big announcements that Platinum still has yet to to give us. So the third season of Castlevania is coming out on March 5th. I just wanted you all to know that. It's a fantastic series. Uh, the EVO 2020 lineup has been announced. The games include Undernight in Birth, EXE, Late, <laughs> CLR, uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Tekken 7, Samurai Showdown, Street Fighter V, Champion Edition, Dragon Ball Fighters, Soul Calibur VI, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes, Tournament of Champions. So that's going to be a special event where they have four uh, previous MVC winners and uh, four special surprise guests for like an invitational tournament. So that's going to be really interesting. But surprisingly, there's no Blaze Blue, uh, uh, what is it, tag? Yeah, BB Tag isn't going to be here. I actually completely forgot the name. Um, as well as Mortal Kombat 11. It's not going to be at EVO as well. Harley Quinn is now in Fortnite, which just leads me to believe that Fortnite is basically an ad platform now. And the Google Assistant now understands Japanese on the Pixel 4 which is really a huge step forward as before it was only able to understand English and other English dialects. Now, once again, I have stated that there won't be a composer corner this week because of a lack of black composers, but what I do have for you is an assortment of fantastic music and I will be playing some of that. I um I really wanted to get to one specific song, but I'll see if I have time for that. I will play you Battle Champion Iris from by Hitomi Sato off of Pokemon Black and White 2. And after that I will play you Ajna uh by Hiroki Kikuda who also did the soundtrack for Secret of Mana, and that's off of Indivisible. And I will also play you God Shattering Star, Thunder, by Takeru Kanazaki, Hiroki Morishita, 
and Ray Kondo. So that was Battle Champion Iris by Hitomi Sato off of Pokemon Black and White 2. Now, I don't have enough time for Ajna because I do really want to play this song. It's um, it's from Claude's route from Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's the final battle song, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So I have to fit this in for you guys. Um, this has been Core of Score with your host, Javon Kwaku, and you you can find um, the show on Anchor FM, and um, and here every Wednesday at two, and so next week we'll be going over some maybe some love songs or some kind of 
love feeling songs uh, for Valentine's Day coming up. But I hope you have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. Until next time. Responsible. <laughs> 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 <laughs>